Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Virtue Reality. I'm going to try to keep up with doing the intros to each episode. This week, we don't have Ozzy to help me with this intro. It's okay, but this episode, it's only going to be me talking to my guests. Uh, her name is Mandisa Thomas. She is the founder and president of the nonprofit organization Black Nonbelievers. Uh, we kind of just talked about uh, religion in general and how it ties into the political system and the importance of separation of church and state, especially in this time that we're going through. Uh, if you want to just take a listen, here it is. And I am going to try to keep up with these intros and just remind me, please ask any questions, uh, email me, it should be on the link. Uh, but yeah, here it is. And thank you for tuning in. I'm here with Mandisa. My, so my podcast is called Virtue Reality, like virtual reality. And I kind of, I like to play on words where it sounds like that. But um, and then if you really take it back a little bit, it sounds like the methodology that you use to like structure your reality, essentially. So I kind of like the, how it like looks on paper, so like the, the graphics that I've made. But if you want to introduce yourself and just the organization that you uh, work with? So yes, my name is Mandisa Thomas, and it's a pleasure to be on your show. I am the founder and president of Black Nonbelievers Incorporated, which is headquartered in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Um, I'm originally from New York City, and um, I, but I've been in Georgia for over 25 years. So um, this is where Black Nonbelievers originated as an organization and has expanded from um, in the past 11 years. Okay. And so, and you began that on your own. It's like, was it, again, as a nonprofit, you said? We started off locally as Black Nonbelievers of Atlanta in 2011. Mm -hmm. um, we became officially incorporated, we became officially incorporated in 2011. We became a 501c3 in 2014. Okay. Um, and the reason, of course, is because um, we were establishing a, a, a national um, community support organization, as well as amplifying the voices of Blacks who are atheist, agnostic, or, and also just questioning religion. Um, so we just started off as a local group, but then we expanded nationally. Okay, and if somebody, like, let's just say, because I knew about your organization previously because of this, uh, the atheist experience, but I didn't know it was as national as that. Is there any way that anybody can, like, find their local chapter or whatever, whatever uh, how it's described? Yes, so on the front page of our website, you can find where uh, you can find your local affiliate, or you are also welcome to join any of the local affiliates in case you want to participate in virtual programs or in any of our national conferences or conventions. So we have affiliates, of course, here in Atlanta, 
in my hometown of New York City, Washington, D.C., Detroit, Michigan, Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, and Portland, Oregon, uh, and Louisville, Kentucky as well, and Richmond, Virginia. So those are, those are where you can find us currently in your, you know, in, uh, those are in those cities. But again, even if you are not in those cities, we do encourage you to join at least one of our meetup groups and definitely subscribe to our email distribution. And of course, follow us on social media so that if you can keep in touch or keep up with what's going on with us. Okay, because yeah, I've definitely would check that out because I didn't know it was one uh, on this side or if it was like some sort of uh, meetings in Las Vegas. Uh, that's interesting though, but what was, so in the beginning, what would you say your upbringing in religion would be? And then progressing into how you moved away from that. So yes, I wasn't formally raised religious. My uh, my background is a bit different right. from most other Black folks. Um, I was raised in the Black conscious community. Now I'm from, you know, I am from a working class. I'm from the project in New York City, mm-hmm. but um, I wasn't formally raised religious. Um, I was I went I attended a lot of cultural centers. A lot of what people will call woke now for the term. Uh, that was how I was raised. So right. learning about a lot about black history and culture, learning about institutional racism and injustice. And I also learned early on about how Christianity in particular was forced on um, you know, the African uh, captives and, and their descendants right. uh, who were enslaved. So that, that really stuck with me uh, for, you know, as I, as I grew up and my mother would allow me to attend church with my grandmother, if I wanted to, I also sang, I'm a classically trained singer. So I would, uh, travel across the New York city area and, and sing as a soloist in various churches with my voice instructor. Right. And it was from there that, I think that mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I find like I still love to listen to gospel music. I think it just takes me back mm-hmm. to my childhood and how it felt. You know what I mean? But I just want to throw that in there. But that's one huge thing. I like it still sticks with me. Absolutely. And for those who were, and I think it's important to note that not everyone's exp- or journey out of re- everyone's journey out of religion was traumatic. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of people, and I think that's a misconception among many believers and that is a narrative that a non-religious people can get hung up on and it is very important but it doesn't describe all of us because there are there are some of us who never were were, were indoctrinated into religion and um we you know some of us have a peripheral view or experience with it but there are others like yourself who you know you enjoyed going to church you know you didn't necessarily think that there was or you know there was nothing I guess traumatic that happened to you right but you know it was through the education process and through critical thinking and you know have being able to expand your horizons that you were able to change your mind or expand your perspectives on that and I think that's very very important for people to understand oh definitely I kind of yeah. And also, and, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, no, I was going to say that there and there are still aspects of your indoctrinations or our indoctrinations, because I was indoctrinated as well, even though I wasn't into like religion or Christianity. I certainly was indoctrinated oh, by yeah. by the black conscious community. Oh, yeah. And uh, there are there are pieces of us that we take, you know, into our adulthoods that aren't necessarily bad you know it's okay to still like your gospel music oh, <laughs> you know yeah. even oh, though you don't believe in it anymore oh yeah so it's <laughs> and like and i feel like that's sort of like my first point where i was get to is why is it that you think that um I, I wouldn't say i know the percentage of it or anything close to that but there is a lot more black believers just like I would say like per capita, if you want to say it that way. But I feel like there's a lot more people that believe in specifically Christianity. And obviously we know the reasons why, but after knowing the reasons why as a current, like a modern day black person, why do you think that that still sticks? Cause I have a few of like ideas myself. So peer research definitely, um, can 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 qualify or quantify those numbers, right? Um, about oh, close to eighty percent of the black community, even though we are still about twelve point four percent of the overall population in the United States, are still very highly religious. And part of the reason for that is because um, the church in its institutional role in black communities, especially after slavery and reconstruction and uh, you know, right. during the years of you know, Jim Crow um, and, and segregation and also terrorism by groups like the Ku Klux Klan, the church, uh, the, the collective black church um, was very central to communities because it was one of the only institutions that provided a sense of support and safety right. and also it did become like a sort of political strategizing place for, for many was. communities. So yeah, we, um, and there are probably, there are still quite a few people who don't think that, you know, letting go of those beliefs is an option. And there is a very emotional tie that many black people have to churches. Um, and of course, like you said, the music, you know, the, the culture of the church, which isn't always good, <laughs> it's always Definitely positive, is. but, you know, it, you, it, it gets, it, it can get sort of, you know, easy or comfortable to get wrapped up in it. And um, so for a, a number of reasons that are historical and that are institutional, there that's one of the reasons why. And then also too, because, um, you know, the Black church has hijacked, and I say hijacked, the, you know, the face of racial justice in Black communities. Yeah. There are still, and, and, and in truth, there were, a, you know, communities got their information from these churches. You know, there were a lot of politicians who worked with churches, you know, to get the, you know, to get word, the word out to their members, you know, about you know, certain... Get the message to, especially when right. then more media than it was today. Exactly, and it was a it was a coping mechanism for many who didn't have much else. So it was, you know, it, it was very, 
you know, it was just, it, it was a, and, and we have to, we acknowledge the role that the church has played as a huge support system for many black people in the black community. So, um, you know, it's not just simply the, but, and there are some people who just may not even know, or they may not think about um, what it means to question those beliefs. Um, the, the harm that I think is caused by, you know, just simply, you know, attending church and not questioning or those, all those church communities and religious communities is that it really um, enforces a sense of conformity um, it, you know, there are, it's a lot of networking involved as well. So, which is why when you come out as a non-believer or when one identifies as a non-believer, it's harder to come out because you may lose your network. You may lose oh, yeah. your community. So yes, that is, um, there is a fear that, that comes along with, um, not just coming to non-belief, but also openly disclosing it. Oh yeah, or disclosing it and openly identifying. I think that's a huge thing. I definitely think one of the major things is definitely the family ties. You kind of covered that part, but one of the huge thing that I think that starts the like why it hasn't uh, kind of dissolved away is that a lot of the things that I wouldn't say it this way, but a lot of the major parts that um, the Bible instructs you to do uh, isn't difficult to follow for the normal person i don't know if like if you know what i mean like for instance like i'm like a gay guy so as a mm -hmm. on the other end as a straight black man his life sort of fits the line better than mine does so it's in his head he thinks that he's doing it in a little bit his, he's living his life the way he that god says to live it however it's simply the way that he would have done it anyway you know what i mean so I feel like one mm -hmm. huge thing is that they don't understand what different means, you know what I mean? Like to be like a different person, like a different, like a gay person or like trans, whatever it is. I think one of the major things, mm -hmm. for instance, like, um, like my sister, like my child family is religious, like not super religious, but they still hold the belief in Christianity. And, mm -hmm. um, and uh, it was one time I was talking to her and I was like, I feel like the reason why you believe these things is because you don't understand what it feels like to be different you know what i mean like your life doesn't other than this like yeah you had sex before you're married blah, blah blah but honestly if you really boil it down a little bit better you don't really do anything that would take you away from the christian faith that that dramatically other than the same stuff that stuff that other straight people are doing so uh and i feel like that's one major point well, what's very interesting is that there are a lot of marginalized people who compartmentalize their beliefs because the Bible is very dogmatic and very harmful to women. Oh, yeah. Like most religions are. Yeah. Especially to black women. It has been extremely damaging to black women. Um, and also, so you would think that one would, ex you know, would, would be able to understand um about someone who is gay or identifies as LGBTQ plus in, in some way. And even However, because being black. Right, right. But because um, there are explicit, there are certain references that 
certain Christians can take about what it means to be, you know, about your sexual identity. And they can say that, well, it's wrong in the eyes of God. Right. Um, it's, it becomes sort of, you know, it, yeah, it, it's like the LGBTQ plus community, you know, just becomes like a, a very um, unfortunate target, especially for many of these religious people. I think uh, no, so the, one, uh, the last part about uh, the perception of Blacks and religion, I feel like the opposite of what a Black person imagines. Like, so imagine, I imagine a Black person seeing a Christian as their grandmother. I feel like uh, a Black person sees a non-Christian as Ozzy Osbourne. So I feel like those two things are like, that's what they think in their heads. So I feel like that's another huge reason I feel like it's very important to for people to um, know about your organization is because there are Black people that don't believe this and they don't look like Ozzy Osbourne. And I feel like that's one thing, um, which is why I really love that we're having this conversation because it was a few times I wanted to call into mm-hmm. the atheist experience and say, I think that y'all should really start to diversify the people that come on here and talk because when, like for instance, I've sent my sister a few of the videos and I feel like the reason why she refuses to watch them is because she can't relate to the people that she sees. And when when the thing of the Audrey Osborne or whatever it is, like these are white men, whatever it is, she's going to see that first beyond actually listening to what they're saying. Like she's just going to think these are just quote unquote crazy white people talking. You know what I mean? I think it's a huge... I feel, I feel like well, what I find a bit... Yeah. Well, what's unfortunate about that is it's actually white evangelicalism that got us here in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's not the white atheists per se. Oh, yeah. The, the problem is that, yes, because of, and, you know, there is understanding, it's understandable that there is an inherent mistrust of a lot of white people, you know, from, especially from Black and other marginalized communities. Um, However, what and this is why it's important for us to have organizations like Black Nonbelievers and also have other content creators. You know, we just launched out, we launched our YouTube show earlier this year where we um, have special guests who are activists, content and content creators in our communities. And this is also why we produced the Women of Color Beyond Belief Conference. Um, along with uh, Black Skeptics and the Women's Leadership Project. And while we do our own events as well, because um, it's going to be up to us, ultimately, yes, um, you, know, shows, uh, uh, you know, shows and other productions uh, like the Atheist Experience, it is important for them to have multiple voices regularly. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's, it's going to be up to us as well to yeah. you know amplify our voices and that is what as an organization we definitely try to do well definitely and that's another reason what's kind of like kept me away from calling is i think that they sort of know that and it, it kind of has to be a person that's willing to go and step forward and do it but and i, I also want to leave the room for the theist callers so that they can really start talking that's one thing um i kind of want to go into is trying to talk to even like for instance my sister i feel like it's not that easy 
like not, I literally talk to my sister all day. Like if I was to sit here, mm-hmm. enough, she's going to call me. <laughs> so it's not, again, not a bad relationship, but right. when it gets to when she says stuff like, Oh my, like my father is so blessed. He's like bathed in the blood and stuff like that. And like, stuff like Oh, we are like, uh, things like covered and stuff like that. And I don't deny that my family had a lot of positive things happen with them. Like we're like definitely not the average black family, but I would definitely say it isn't because of any belief in anything. I think it's just that our parents worked hard. Like they do what they had to do to raise us right. like, the, the right way. Like, so it's, it's just weird. Absolutely. Like when that happens, so it's like, how do I, I don't know if you've ever done this or how do you communicate that to your family members if you ever had? Well, I I was fortunate to have family who is very well aware of my position. My maternal grandmother was never really, wasn't that religious herself. I mean, I have, uh, I have, uh, family members who are Christian, family members who are Muslim, but also some who are atheists. Uh, but what I think is important is that, you know, there are people who it may give them comfort to say those things. But what I think is important for them to understand is that what makes them comfortable does not work for everyone else. And they should be aware of that. Um, when it is pushed as if it is something that should be a standard. Like you said, um, you know, your sister says she's blessed and, you know, all these things are attributed to God, right? You know, and, and I do think that, that there should be some credit. There should be all, first of all, all the credit should go to the people who work hard. Um, I mean, you could ask the, yeah, you could ask the question of, well, do you, don't you think that, you know, mom and dad, you know, did, did this? or I've never had to truly unpack that conversation with my family, thankfully, (laughs) because um, I just think it's a matter of them, you know, respecting me the same way I would respect them. That's where the problem lies, is where, you know, those boundaries are crossed by many believers because they're assuming everyone is a Christian or or what or whatever it is that you know that that is believed and that everyone should follow it and that's not true. So it's it it becomes more of a hey, um, you know, hey, if you want to believe that, fine. But don't try to push it on me, don't try to impress upon me that your way is right, because then we really have to have a conversation yeah. about about the, you know, the flaws in, in what you're doing. <laughs> like, so that's not, that's one thing that I've been, so, and <laughs> one thing that my sister says regularly, like, I don't, like, what's that, what's that group of women that are, like, against trans women? I forgot what this acronym was. You know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about? It's, like, women against trans something. I forgot, what, whatever it is. My sister, I, I had I had never heard of that. It's like and, a little it's um, a, uh, wow. Formal. That is <laughs> right. It's not like a formal thing, but it's more just like what they call the women who don't like trans women. 
I'll I'll figure it out where. So I know that there are trans exclusionary, right? There's a term called TERF, which is trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yes, 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 them. Uh, But uh, I feel like my sister's sort of on that line. Not that she'll be like mean, anything disrespectful to them. But like, for instance, she has a friend that is a trans man and she'll say stuff like she'll be on the phone like I, I scrolling through Instagram and she'll see him and she'll be like I can't I can't say whatever name she wants me to call him like I know you as Maya you know what I mean like she'll like stuff like that and I'll be like why do you think that it's okay to not respect what they want and be like well then we go into like mm-hmm. a binary conversation like well there's only boys and girls and stuff like that where and then I kind of don't want to go too far into the conversation because I think I don't want to. Right, there are some things that should be a hard stop, though. You know, it's like even if you want to look at you know the biology or 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 what have you, if someone asks you to, um, you know, I identify their, you know, if they ask you to, you know. Um, refer to them by their preferred pronouns, you do it. Yeah. And what I find with people is that you often have to turn the tables on them. You have to ask them to put um, themselves in other people's shoes or make it relatable to them. So does your sister have children? No. Okay. Um, But if there is someone else who is close to her, um, or even if it was her, right? And there was a situation where someone disrespected her and they disrespected her based on her being a black woman, you know, all of the stereotypes about black women, how would she feel? She's, so, and, and that is, the yeah. Part is, I think that my sister response to that would be the obvious response, like, yeah, it would make me mad, blah, blah, blah. But I still think that she thinks that there's something else going on. Like she thinks, you know the movie Holiday Heart? That's how I imagine my sister imagining trans women. Like this like guy who's right. 40 to be a woman, but really trans people wanted to do this long, long ago, but it's the society norms that kept them from it. So like the reason why they aren't doing it is because of people like you or you, the parents of people that are like you. So it's like, Right. Why it's so difficult for them is because and let's of- go and let's yeah, and let's go back to that movie, right? You know, the, the character that Bing Rains played, the, the trans woman that he played, was much more like a, a mother figure to the daughter than her own mother. Yeah. <laughs> so this 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 trans woman took on a very, very important role. And there was no harm caused. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, you know, she wasn't hurting, you know, she wasn't hurting anyone. And it was like, you know, she was actually like a matriarch. So if you think about that role that was played, it was like, what, why are you, why, why do you have a problem with trans people? Mm. Like, seriously. Yeah. And it makes no sense. And I feel like. Right. Not at all. She'll say, uh, like, she'll go to like gay bars and stuff like that, but. She still thinks that it should be like a boys' restroom, a girls' restroom, or something like that. Like, I mean, I get that because, like, 
Yeah. A lot of things have been gay bars, like, <laughs> so, and I can totally imagine, um, like, especially in Las Vegas or anywhere, like, there's a lot of crazy people in the world, and there's a lot of people that will, at, like, like, weirdo straight guy come into a gay bar so that he thinks that he can sneak into the girl's bathroom and stand there. You know what I mean? Now that that happens, and that's, that people... Right, but that's a problem right there. Most of your problematic behavior comes from cis hetero people exactly not even <laughs> and uh, right it's not the lgbtq community that i mean of course there's going to be bad apples everywhere yeah isn't a, the trans person like so what is that right like i was like this makes no sense and like right and even like uh like, well, oh no i was going to say with the number of you know people who have been molested who have been you know, raped, they're not, they weren't by gay people, you know, and too many people compare being gay to being a pedophile, which is not true. Exactly. So, um, and then I'm pretty sure whatever is going on, even in some of these gay bars, it's consensual. Oh, yeah. Um, There are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of, a lot of gay folks who I know don't, who don't cross those lines. So it's just like, you know, yeah, (laughs) it's very much, very stereotypical um, and, 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 and bad labeling. It is. And it's so sad because even uh, like I've had, I had a, I recorded a conversation with this guy that actually said some really stupid things. Uh, he came on the, my podcast as he works with me. He was like, I had like, I just, he kept saying really, really, he's a seventh day Adventist, just to put that out, like start there. You can already imagine the, the journey I'm going to get through. You can listen to it later, but, <laughs> but, um, it was crazy. I was like, I've never sat in front of a person. No, I have. Never mind. Like, I've sat in front of two people that believe stuff to that degree. One was a flat earth that I used to work with. Because I work at, uh, I'm a bartender in Las Vegas. Um, so come to Ellis Island. I work there, Ellis Island Casino. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and um, I worked at the Cromwell on the Strip, and it was a bartender there. He believed that the world was flat. One, we had a few conversations about it. He truly could not handle the conversation that I was there for. <laughs> but it literally ended up being science. The government lies to us. I'm like, well, the government may lie to us, but that doesn't mean that you can't figure out the world's flat on your or on your own, like or not flat. But I don't know. It don't, but I was about to say that. Also, one huge reason I feel like my family is um, in as much in the church as, the, as, they, as they are is because my father's a deacon. Uh, so, and I feel like the reason why <laughs> he became a deacon, though, is because he was doing that 20% thing. And if you make as much as my father was making during that time and giving to the church 20%, they're like, who is this man? How, how can we not make him go anywhere else? Do you not see that? And they're like, and like that's so baffling to me that nobody else has put that together. You know what I mean? Church is very much a status symbol for a lot of people. Oh yeah. So of course, the more the more you give, the more prominence you have, and you know, the more people tend to res- respect you. Mm-hmm. So that is a huge thing in in many, especially black communities, especially at these prominent churches. Yeah, and it really speaks to how we've been conditioned to to work against our own best interests. Because 
I think it's important to give to community-based organizations. You know, we need we need to have our lights on, if you will. You know, there are some of us that are doing some very, you know, good substantial work. However, when you're giving at, you know, the cost to your detriment, because I know deacons, a deacon is a very prominent position, oh, yeah. but it's also one where you have to give a lot. So it's like, right. <laughs> my goodness, like, what are you getting from What that? are you getting? Like, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's so crazy. But it was interesting, like, when we were going to church, I did see it, not, like, as interesting, but I was like, my father's one of the four sitting up there. You know what I mean? Like, so it was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's my dad. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so, like, yeah, know, yeah. It's so crazy. It's so, it's so crazy. <laughs> It is. It really, really is. (laughs) Let me see. What else do I got? So I definitely say it is very important for Blacks to come together, critically think, educate themselves. Um, But again, so uh, we can wrap it up. I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're super busy. And happy birthday. When was your birthday? It's it come it's this coming Sunday, September fourth. Okay. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank <laughs> Wait, you. <laughs> where they can find you in that organization. Yes. So yes. So you can definitely find us first and foremost at our website at blacknonbelievers.org. Uh, you can follow us everywhere on social media. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, the nonbelievers inc. We're on Twitter at Black Nonbelievers, the B and the N are capitalized. And we also have a YouTube channel, Black Nonbelievers Inc., where you can find episodes of our show in the cut um, that airs every first and third Saturday of every month um, from one to two. Um, and um, you know, just you know, if if you are so inclined, you know, we we encourage people to donate if possible, but also to attend the the events that we put on. Um, and speaking of education, it's interesting that you mentioned that, yeah, we should educate ourselves. And our communities can be big on education. Yeah. But the problem comes in where when it comes to religious belief, you know, there's, a, again, there's a fear and there's a tendency to hold it so near and dear that it's hard. It's hard to let it go. So encouraging people to be okay with that process is, is very, very important. Um, and that's where the support comes in, you know, because there's often a lot of shame and stigma there has been um, when we have dealt with folks who are LGBTQ, folks who have HIV slash AIDS or, or what have you. And, and that's what really, really needs to stop more than, more than anything else. But um, yeah, you can definitely find us on our website and everywhere that I just mentioned. All right. Yes, I definitely would. I'm going to be coming to some of those meetings and find some information here in Las Vegas. But if you ever come to Las Vegas, please come see me at Ellis Island. <laughs> Unless you hate Okay, me. I will do that. Karaoke bar. <laughs> but Oh, no, I love Vegas. I, I haven't been. It's, it's, I'm well overdue for a trip there. Yeah, so please. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is a virtual reality. This is another episode. I'm so thankful for Mandisa coming on to my show. And I will see everybody next week.